said to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we, he, we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she said these things, she went her way and secretly called her Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose, rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to meet there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept, and the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound and had had and foot with great clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Lose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen 
had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Praise be to God for the reading of Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Just before we get into the word, may I invite everyone for um, a quick prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord. We come here today, Lord God. We come into your presence, Lord, because we want to seek you more, God. We come here, Lord. Some of us come here, Lord God, with questions. Some of us come here with burdens, Lord. Some come, some here, Lord Jesus, come, with, come here, Lord, with sickness, God. But we are here believing, Lord, that in our midst, you are upon us and you are with us, Lord. That you will minister to us in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for hearts that will be open, Lord God, not just to listen, Lord, but to receive your word that has the power to change us, O Father. I pray right now, O Lord, that any works of the enemy, Lord Jesus, be destabilized upon this place in Jesus' name. I apply your blood over the four corners of this place, O Lord. Your warning angels to surround this place, Lord God, that no weapon of the enemy shall ever steal our attention from you. For today, we shall be changed. For today, we shall receive a word that will never, ever change, O Lord. Thank you so much, O Lord. Even I pray, God, hiding behind your back, Lord Jesus. The glory that will be seen is your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all be seated. Hello. Yeah. Amen. So, are you blessed to be here? Are you blessed to be here in this place? Amen. Do you know that today, God will really work on something upon your life? Amen. Amen. We should know why we come to church. We should know that there should always be a motivation why we go to church. Amen. Because based on that motivation, that's what happens. If I go to church, hungry for His Word, I will listen. Amen. But if I go to church just for the sake of going to church and having my attendance checked, all I'll have to do is to sit down. But when I'm here and I want to be ministered on, my heart, my mind, and my focus will be on Jesus. Amen? So are you ready to have your focus on Jesus? Amen. So we have read, we have read the story of, of Lazarus. I believe for, all, for almost all of us, that story is very familiar. Have you heard of that story? Back when you were still young, that has been one of the stories that we're always told already. Amen? So in this topic, for, today, for today's topic, I want to call it when God doesn't make sense. Trusting God in the process. Let us read what's, what was said in John chapter 11 verses 1 to 6. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil, do you know this Mary? This is familiar, right? And wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was what? He was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. And this is... What does it make sense? So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. We see there how the Bible described the love of Jesus for Lazarus. Amen? How the love of Jesus was so great 
for Martha and Mary. But when he heard that Lazarus was sick, instead of going to where Lazarus was, what did Jesus do? He stayed where he was. When somebody gets sick in your family, the first thing that gets into your mind, I want to go home. Amen. When somebody's sick, your initial reaction would be, how much will be the tickets? I really want to have, I really want to go home. I have to spend time with my family. But then here we see Jesus' reaction was different. Because he stayed where he was for two more days. Sometimes you think there are really times when God doesn't make sense. Amen. One of the most questions that we have as Christians is how come that the serpent was able to enter a paradise, a perfect paradise that was created by an all-knowing God? Have you ever asked that question? Maybe in one of your Bible studies, how, yeah, how come? This is a perfect environment. It was God who was there. It was God who created that. How come the serpent was able to enter? This question is actually a question of theodicy. According to Wikipedia, theodicy is an attempt to explain or to answer the question of why a good God permits the manifestation of evil. Theodicy means this is an attempt to understand how evil can exist in a world where we believe God is omnipotent. This is an attempt to answer the question, why does bad things happen to good people? Because real talk, evil things happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people. And real talk, sometimes we see brethren who are so faithful to the Lord, who stand, seem to stand so strong, but we still see them lose their job. We still see them getting sick. We still see them going through a very tough and challenging time. Amen. 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 Truth be told, the last person you'd expect to experience something is the person who's experiencing that something. Those who you see every Friday, even those who stand, those who doesn't have an absent in a prayer meeting and a Bible study, but yet they still go through very, very tough times. And silently you ask yourself, why? Seem not to make sense. Because there are times God doesn't make sense. Amen. Sometimes we brush the topic off because as saved, sanctified saints that we are, we tend to deny that we ask. Sometimes I have to be so strong, saved saint, not to question why. But truth be told, we really reach a place wherein your situation does not match the faith that you have. It's like a kindergarten being forced to solve a trigonometry exam. Have you been there? Or am I the only one who has been in that place? 
that my faith is here, but I think, Lord, what you're giving to me is beyond the faith that I have to handle it. Sometimes you scratch your head. Amen? Sometimes we have to be real. Sometimes we have to admit that sometimes we ask, how does the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent God allow these things to happen to me? Even sometimes there are people in church that you think their song will always be, I'm walking on sunshine. That everything is just sunny day and clouds and rainbows. That when you look at them, so But you just don't know that in their quiet time with God, they also cry out and shout out and ask God, Why? Lord, why? I wish I could say I haven't been there. Because even when before I left the Philippines, I was in the brink of asking, Lord, why? You know how it hurts to come back to Dubai for the very first time? Yeah, like you didn't expect that it would hurt that much. But what hurts it more is that I had to leave just before, just after we rushed my mom to the hospital because she was bleeding that the normal hemoglobin count should be 12 to 15, and hers was 6. And I had to take the plane the next day. And she had to tell me, you have to go. I was telling her, I can't stay. My boss is allowing me to stay. But she said, no, I can handle this. You have to go. And she was just crying. I was asking, why are you crying? Does the dextrose hurt? <laughs> she said, no. It just hurts that I cannot send you back. It just hurts that I cannot be with me in the airport. And I was in the airport and I was asking, God, I'm praying, right? God, I don't say no to you, right? God, every time I'm asked to do something for you, I would always say yes. But Lord, why? Been there. If you're going through that, even the strongest of strong, Go through that. Tell the person next to you, you're normal. <laughs> Have you been in a situation where you can just tell God, God, if you love me like the way that you tell me that you love me, God, if you're concerned about me, God, why? That sometimes you would tell God, Lord, I'm not easy, I'm not even asking for much. I'm not asking you to make me a millionaire, Lord. Just make me it tomorrow. God, I'm not asking you in a, in a snap, I'm going to be okay. But I'm asking you for little things. But then still, what God does does not make sense. Have you been in a situation after you prayed a situation person? And then you ask the Lord, did I pray wrong? But after you just saw victorious in the Bible study, you went home. Thanks, God. I'm in speaking sense. Sometimes we're telling God, sometimes we ask God, God, you could have done what you could have done. 
Sometimes we think God did not do what He was supposed to do according to the standards of me. That sometimes we become so intelligent that God, this is actually the plan. Oh, this is what you should have done, but what you did is a different thing. That doesn't make sense. Amen. Amen. And when we're in that point, there's two responses. First response, the response of the super sanctified saint saint. You know the super sanctified saint saint? All is well. (laughs) It's true. And then they will start to throw off cliches. God will not give me something I can't bear. God will make a way. But the truth is, deep inside, there's a struggle that there's really like this tug of war going on inside. And sometimes, we are programmed to think that way. That's, that's how you should think. And you know what the second response is? The real folks. The real folks' response is that we feel the pain. Because truth be told, it hurts. That there are really situations that sometimes, just sometimes, your faith gets fractured just a little bit. Not to the point that you backslide. Not to the point that you question, God, are you real? Not to the point that you curse God and die. But there are really situations where you are, when you're in that, it fractures your faith just a little bit. Are there real folks here? No matter how we try to be strong, just a little bit. And that's why God gave us this message today. Because when we are in the point of theodicy, God wants to remind us of what He did in John chapter 11, which could be considered one of the greatest miracles, yet one of the greatest mysteries of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So let's not, I, I love reading the Bible as if it's a storybook. Amen? Don't read the Bible as if you're just reading words. Make your minds work. Be as imaginative as you want. So let's retell the story right now of what happened to Lazarus. So it's in the Bible it says, In a place called Bethany, there was a name, there was a man whose name was Lazarus. His brother's sisters for whom? Mary and Martha. And we know them. So Lazarus is a sickness. It's not a common sickness. It's not the common cold, fever, cough. It's not the common heartaches that you go through. It's not that. It's way than that, more than that. This sickness is somehow fatal, is somehow serious, that this is life-threatening. But the people were not, they were not nervous. Because they know Lazarus is a BFF by the name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Lazarus is sick. Really? Don't you worry. He has a BFF. Jesus. Amen? It's good to know that you're friends with Jesus because at that time, Jesus' miracle was already widespread. They know that this Jesus can walk on water, that this Jesus can open the eyes of the blind, that this Jesus 
can turn water into wine. So they said, don't you worry. For Jesus, this is easy. But then still Martha and Mary sent the word to Jesus that their brother Lazarus was sick. So if they would have been like an FB messenger at that time, maybe they would have sent a chat to Jesus and say, Jesus, your BFF is sick. Sad emoji. <laughs> yeah, and people always put that so they, they know how you feel. And maybe if there was FB at that time, do you use your... Do you open your locations in FB and that you would know who's nearby? Yeah, when I came, when I came from the Philippines, I knew that Paolo was nearby because his name was popping up on my screen. <laughs> Jesus at that time was in a place that is just two miles away from the house of Lazarus. It was like 3.2 kilometers away. So Martha's, this is easy. Jesus is just two miles away. I already sent him a message. And then maybe Martha could have stood outside very confident. At any time, I will see the shadow of Jesus coming. She waited one hour. No Jesus. She may have thought, maybe Jesus is still having a miracle crusade this time. Maybe the line is just too long. I'll wait two hours more. She waited two hours more. No Jesus. Night came. She thought, ah, maybe Jesus was tired. He's still 100% man. Maybe tomorrow he'll come. Just before the break of day. So she slept. Woke up very early in the morning. Stood outside again, just maybe. Mary, cook breakfast, please. Jesus will have breakfast here, I know. No Jesus. Nap time came. No Jesus. Lunch time came. No Jesus. She was looking at Lazarus, getting sicker by the hour. Lord, Sankana. No Jesus. Night came. No Jesus. Maybe the anticipation was replaced with anger this time. Hey, come on, Lord, where are you? Been there? Amen. The first time you prayed, I know God will do something. Nothing happened. I know, Lord, the right? My Lord. Her heart was now, instead of being anticipating, maybe she was saying, Lord, I was calling you already. God, you know what I'm going through. Lord, I did not fail you. God, you said you loved me. Where are you, Jesus? When Jesus knew that his BFF was dying, when he heard the news, Lazarus is dying, and Jesus was saying, Okay, good. I'll stay here two more days. Martha and Mary could have thought, God, this does not make sense. If you love and care for Lazarus, if Lazarus is your BFF, 
You should have been here by now. God, you could even do miracles to strangers. But now that your own friend is dying, where are you? Because like Martha and Mary, sometimes we have this thinking that the more we are closer to God, the more that we are intimate with Him, we are entitled that every time I call on God, God should automatically be there. Grabe siya, You said close tayo. Lord, why? Why, Lord? I have this newcomer in church. She prayed. She wants great salary. The next day, she got it. Lord, I've been praying for it for one year. Amen. Maybe Martha and Mary, Lord, you didn't even have to be here. Do your centurion thing. Know the centurion thing? Just say the word, and you shall be healed. But God didn't do that. Then Jesus finally came to Bethany four days after Lazarus already died. When he came, there was no welcoming committee. There were no palm leaves. Hallelujah, praise God, you're here. When he came, we will notice two responses. First response, the Mary response. When they knew that Jesus is coming, Mary stayed in the house. Martha, Mary, Jesus is coming! Who? <laughs> Jesus is coming. I'm not going. I'm staying. I am not talking to you. We have this thing called in Tagalog, the Tampororot Syndrome. Have you been there? When that someone comes, <laughs> in Facebook, it's always the scene zone. I'm not talking to you anymore. And remember, friends, this is the same Mary who broke her alabaster jar and wiped Jesus' feet with her own hair. Couldn't it be, maybe in Mary's mind, she was saying, Lord, when you don't make sense, I don't want to talk to you. Beware. When you're in a tough time, the first that is attacked is your prayer in life. Amen. When things go rough and tough, sometimes we cease in praying. I don't want to talk to you anymore, God. Why should I talk to you? I'm always going to the praying prayer meeting. I always kneel down before I sleep, before I eat, before I do anything. I always pray. I go to my BS, I go to my PM, and the pastor says, go to the altar call. Lord, if I have a gold membership in the card for those who kneel down, I'll be first on the list because I always do that. But God, why? Mary stayed where she was. Be aware. First, what gets attacked is your prayer life. Next, what gets attacked is your church life. I don't want to go anymore. 
I want to have a break, Lord. Shock it. Lord, pinaasa mo ako, Lord. That's the first response. Then we see Martha's response. Martha didn't stay at home. Martha ran to Jesus. Good job, Martha. Instead of staying, you ran. She was running. And maybe she was pointing her finger to Jesus and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Who, who, emoji sad. Multiple times. If you just came at the moment I called you God, nothing of this should have happened. Look what happened, Lord. Sometimes we blame God. Sometimes we think we know more than God. Because maybe Martha was so upset that she felt Jesus did not have a sense of urgency. What's urgency in Tagalog? I have this office mate who does not have the sense of urgency. I was with a client. It was very... Um, I was on um, boiling waters. And I cannot do anything because it's technical. So I have to call the office. Um, hey, can you do this? Because this is really very critical right now. And he just says this. Hello? <laughs> um, I have to... Okay. So... So what do you want me to do? <laughs> I was like, hey, come on, I'm panicking here. And all you gotta do this. Hello. <laughs> is this really is is it really difficult? It's like, hey, come on. Have you been there? Yes. Like you really wanna go to the toilet because it's really there? <laughs> and then that person inside is just like, hello. <laughs> Flush it for you. <laughs> but sometimes it's just so upsetting to be with someone who doesn't have a sense of urgency. And maybe that's what Martha felt. God, Lazarus, Daddy, you're just here. Hi. But then, if you come at that point, when God does not do what he could have done, or what he should have done, when all hells broke loose, when the worst happens even after you pray, always remember, it is all about what you believe. When God does not make sense, what pulls you through is not what you understand, but what you believe. Because there are situations that you will never understand. But God is asking you, despite these things that you don't understand, what do you believe? Because it says here, Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would, you would what? And then, didn't I tell you that if you just believe, you will see. So there are things that you don't understand. There are times that God doesn't make sense. But God is telling you right now, do you and can you dare to believe? Amen? 
In times of the most difficult trials, when things just seem so hard to take, when you're in the brink of just exploding, what will hold you together is not what you understand in your mind, but what you believe in your heart. The question God has for you is, do you believe? Amen. I don't know the situations that you're in. I don't know the sickness that you may have. I don't know the big trials that you may have. But then God would want to ask you face to face today. Do you believe? Ask the person next to you, do you believe? Amen? Because it is at a time that God doesn't make sense. God is telling us to believe because the world will tell you to see is to believe. But God is telling you to believe is to see. see. There are situations that is not happening yet, but already believe it. How long here your salary is five digits? You don't believe. <laughs> because you don't see yet. Up until I get my piece to pastor. How long here your salary is? Five digits. Five digits. Five digits. Five digits. Five digits. In their house. In their house. Amen. See, there are people who are like, Pastor, Pastor. Real talk tayo, Pastor. My sahod right now is just 2,000 and I'll be... That's why God is telling you, didn't I tell you that if you believe, you would see? You would see. My wife was saying it was not difficult to have a baby. Back in high school, I was so bad a doctor because I had, I, had a, I had an illness. You said it would be difficult for you to have a baby. But then even if the baby wasn't there yet, I was already seeing it. Because up until you believe, Amen. you will not see. Amen. 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 Ask again the person next to you, do you believe? believe? So in times when God doesn't make sense, God is telling us to believe in my presence and my promise. So he says in this word, now Martha said to Jesus, let's continue to what happened to Martha. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother, Christ. Maybe smiling again. And you know what Martha said to him? Yeah, right. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Because Martha was educated with a Jewish apocalyptic law that, you know, that everyone will rise again. <clears throat> Jesus was there and he was saying, he was telling her, your brother will rise. Yeah, I know. We'll see him in the last day. Because sometimes when God doesn't make sense, the cliches won't work on you. Amen? Sometimes what stops you from going to your pastor or going to your leader is that I know what he will say. <laughs> He'll begin to tell me, Kaya mo yan, bro. Because God will not give you something you can't bear. 
Yeah, I know. I know that weeping may come for a night and joy comes in the morning. Chatara, chatara. Sometimes when God doesn't make sense, the songs that make you cry doesn't make you cry anymore. When God doesn't make sense, the song that makes you lift your hands just makes you like this. Okay, just go on. Are there real folks here? Amen. I know what you're going to tell me, but it's not helping us at the moment. But then Jesus was pushing He pushed the topic. He said, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die, Martha. And he was saying, do you believe this? Believe the cliches that you hear. Don't devoid it of the, of the anointing that it already has. Amen? Jesus was asking Martha, do you believe in me, who I am, even though your brother is dead? Even when I don't make sense? Do you believe that I'm still God? Do you believe that I'm still loving? Do you believe that I still have a plan for you? That no matter what the situation you are in, I'm still God? Because when you don't understand God, don't let what you don't understand about God cause you to doubt what God has proven repeatedly of who He is in your life. Don't allow one situation to sustain the love that God has for you. Because you know what? It's so easy to say, your love never fails, never gives up. Never runs out on me when things are doing okay. <laughs> but when you're all your Judith comes, <laughs> sometimes, you know what, Judith? Your best friend? Judith of day one, Judith of your mobile, Judith in the Philippines. <laughs> Because We cannot contain God in a box. God will introduce Himself to you in different ways that He would. He would. It's not that God today showed up immediately, that tomorrow He will show up immediately, but the thing is, He will. But don't let those times make you doubt. Totoo ka ba talaga? Amen? Because God has done so much for you to doubt the character of who He is. We are not in the position to doubt Him. We are not in the position to question His authenticity. Amen? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, He shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Amen. Do you believe this? Amen. Amen. You're in church. 
You're receiving promises. You're receiving declaration. But no matter what declarations is being given unto you, as long as you don't believe it, it's kalas. So when we say, kung mga year you have five digits salary in their hands, <laughs> do you believe this? Amen! Do you believe that first? Because he says here, do you believe in the word that I just gave? It may not look like it yet. But do you believe? Amen. God needs to know that even then, when the worst things happen, you will still believe. He needs to know that we believe in the permanence of His promise. Can you still believe that in your darkest moment, He is still your light and your salvation? That even though when you feel like the world is caving in on you, and the world is attacking you, can you still and do you still believe that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? Amen. Do you still believe that whatever and whenever, and though the enemy abounds, do you still believe that whatever the enemy meant for evil, God can work to do it for my good? When facing illness, do you believe that God, by His stripes, you are healed? Amen? Do you believe in His presence and in His promise? Next thing that you should believe on is His powerful perspective. In the verse it says here, this things He said, and after He said to them, Our friend, who said this? Jesus, right? Our friend Lazarus is what? Sleep. But I go that I may wake him up. Then His disciples said, Lord, come on. If he sleeps, he will get well. That's why you absent from work when you're sick. I will just sleep because I will get to hell. And Jesus, he was saying, you know what? Our friend is sleeping. So he says, I was, so why will you disturb him, Lord? He's sleeping. Because he's sleeping, he will get well. And the, the disciples said, probably to say, Lord, hindi niya naisip you. But then, however, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them, Ang islo naman ito, mga to. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Okay, my bad. Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sake that I was not there. That you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Initially, Jesus said, Lazarus was sleeping. And then Jesus said, Okay, sorry, sorry, my bad. He's not sleeping, guys. Come on, come on. He said. Was Jesus confused? Was Jesus' diagnosis wrong? That before he thought he was sleeping, but then he's dead? Why did Jesus say Lazarus is sleeping? Because he was looking at the condition of Lazarus according to the perspective of His power. Because if it's up to me, He's just sleeping. Because I know that when I come, He will wake up. But if I were to think in your perspective and in your power, He's dead. Your problem right now, it's big. No. 
to your perspective maybe. But the good news is, it's not about you. It's about Him. It's not about your power. It's about His power. And maybe the situation you are in right now, you say, Lord, this is terminal. And God would say, seriously? God, this is so grabe. And God would just say, no, it's just chicken. Easy. You know, like, the doctor said, when, he, when, when you were going to the doctor, when you were going to the hospital with my mom, they told her, you have to be admitted. And my mom was like, what? We're going to go watch a movie with my children. I'm just here to take my BP. No, ma'am, because your hemoglobin is 6. And the critical level is 7. And yours is 6. But she said, I can still stand. I said, okay. Because the thing is, that's how awesome God is. How He has protected my mom based on His perspective and not on the perspective of human being alone. Because the doctor was more panicking than my mom. <laughs> she was like, you really have to be... What? What's, what's wrong? She was calling me, come, 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 there's something wrong. I was like, doctor, what's wrong? Your mom's hemoglobin is 6. And my mom was like, so? <laughs> and because she told me this, Doctors and medicines are only instrument of the things that God can do. My mom was showing to me it's not about her power. It's about God's power in her life. Amen? Because if it is within your power, maybe things would be game over. But if it's with God, and if you learn to surrender it to Him, you're not Mario, you will have more than three lives and three chances to it. Amen? And then Jesus finally showed up. And then we get to read the favorite memory verse of everyone. Jesus. <laughs> I asked my disciples before. Memorize at least three, at least three memory verse. And their first in line will always be John 11.35 Jesus. <laughs> How come that is your favorite memory verse when that's the only memory verse that you know? <laughs> so, here we get the shortest verse. Just two words. But most of the time, we have a misconception why Jesus wept. Some say Jesus wept because he was so sad that Lazarus is dead. But remember, when he knew that Lazarus is sick, he said, um, I'm going to stay here. God didn't just, oh, Lazarus is dead. What, late reaction? <laughs> but he was not, he was not even, he was not even crying when he said to his disciples, Lazarus was sleeping. Oh, yeah, I just let him. No, he's dead. This was the source of, he is dead. Jesus was so easy because he knows he can do something. But Jesus wept. Why? Because it says here, therefore, when Jesus saw her, Mary, weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And also in the succeeding verse in 37, and some of them said, could, oh no, sorry. 
So he said here, he was groaning because Mary was crying as if it's game over. The Jews were crying as if it's really game over. And he said, I'm already here. Oh. You're still crying. There are two cries. There are cries Lord, Lord, Lord. It's not wrong to cry to God, but if you always cry to God as if it's game over, maybe something's wrong. But if you can cry out to God because you know, God, you will do something in my midst. That's a different cry. Amen? Amen. Because he was already there. Martha was, ah, Mary was, ah, and the people, ah. what's wrong with you guys? And further, some of them even said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind and have kept this man from dying? How dare you, Lord? You help strangers? But your BFF, Carlos. And Jesus is groaning. And then he said, he said, he was groaning. It precipitated the weeping. Something inside him was happening that caused him to weep. Because they were crying. The crowd, Mary was crying because they were doubting his ability and his power. Because they do not believe. And because they don't believe, Jesus was so sad for them because they cannot see. Amen? Jesus was so sad, not for himself, not even for Lazarus, but for them, you know what? Because you doubt, you cannot see. Sometimes you're making Jesus weep because in the situation that God is putting you in, instead of building up your faith, you doubt. And he begins to cry because you know what? My son, my plan could really just be so awesome. But because you doubt, because you cannot dare believe, you can't see. Are there any doubters here? Maybe five minutes ago, but now God changes us. Amen? God will change us. Don't ever tell God it's game over because when you say, tell God it's game over, it's game over. Amen? Because if you don't believe, you cannot see. That is why when Jesus went to the grave, Mary was not there. The crowd was not there. But Martha was. Because in the beginning, remember, she asked Martha, do you believe? And Martha said, yes. The next thing that you have to believe in is his plan and in his path. The climax of the story of John 11 is actually in the very beginning. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. One word that has a big impact on this story is the word glory. God is saying, I know that there is sickness, but there will be glory. Amen. Amen? In your situation, I know you don't understand, but there will be glory. I know it hurts, but there will be glory. I know it's tough, 
but there will be glory. Because oftentimes, what brings God glory doesn't bring us pleasure. What brings God glory doesn't bring us pleasure. God is glorified when those who don't believe in Him see believers being pushed so down and still able to rise up. That's when He gets the glory. Amen? And that is why when Jesus resurrected Lazarus, many of the Jews had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in Him. Because what gives God glory most of the time does not bring you pleasure. Amen. Amen. I was really asking God, Lord, I prayed for a job. You gave me a job that doesn't pay me on time. But it gives you glory. Because whenever I share that story to my Bible, my Bible study groups, whenever I preach, it brings you glory. It may not be pleasing to me, it brings you glory. Because though prosperity, your prosperity brings glory to God, truth be told, it is those stories that are not so pleasurable that gives Him more glory. Because anyone can have a new car. Amen? Amen. Your, any of your neighbor who has good credit and has good cash can always have a car. Anyone can always have good money. Anyone can always have good promotion if you just work hard for it. But what gives God glory are those times when people cannot even see you making through it, but you made it. That's when they begin to ask, how how did you do that? Uh, I remember really this conversation with my boss. He's the one giving me salary, but in the car, he told me this. I know I don't give you salary on time. How do you survive? <laughs> I was like, seriously? I was like, because he knows. He knows that I don't, I don't have a, he's just the one giving me that. And you know what I told him? Because I have a guy who takes care of me. Amen. That God is just using you to be the vessel of that blessing. But if God can take care of the birds, how much more for of me? And my boss is like, you're really a sheik, you're a sheik. What do you mean? I mean, it's, it's a priest. And whenever he has a new, we have, uh, have, have a visitor in the office, or we have a new office mate, he will tell me, you know what, he, he, this one, he's preaching in church. <laughs> because it gives God the glory. I remember one Sunday when I had to testify in the Bible study that my wife has been diagnosed with polycystic ovaries and I was testifying that God is good so that others will know because everyone can get pregnant any lady can get pregnant but getting pregnant despite the diagnosis that's what gives God the glory that's what gives God the glory Amen? Amen That's when you're in a tough time right now there may be pain but there will be glory Tell the person next to you, there's going to be glory. And then we can also see here, when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death. But did Lazarus die? He was like, hey, come on Jesus. 
this sickness is not unto death, but then Lazarus died. And Jesus is saying, it's not unto death, but it is through death. It is not unto death, but because it is to glory. But it has to go through death so that there can be glory. Sometimes the way to your glory needs to pass through your pain. And there's no other way. There's this place in Cagayan it's called the Hugo Sky Lounge. It's really so nice. It's one of the highest points in Cagayan. And, and when, you know, when you know when you're in vacation, you're just going to go everywhere. You're like a tourist in your own place. So it's in the top of the mountain. Imagine that. It's on the top of the mountain. That there are people paragliding, which I thought I could, but I can't. Because the level of my faith is not worth paragliding. Just kidding. When you're going there, it's a very nice place. No one went there for, from, from us. So when we went there, we did not know that the road is the three R's. Rough, rugged, and romantic. <laughs> Rough, because it's not cemented. It's rugged. And it's going to be so romantic because you will get to hug the person next to you. <laughs> <laughs> and in that road, there's this road that... It's not a cemented road, it's like this. And there's like instructions, go on the first gear when you reach this point and then you have to push this. It's too scary. And then we began to ask, is there no other way? I was like telling Adi, Adi, we can walk, you have your stroller, let's get out of the car, let's just walk. Because it's too scary. But that's not the destination. The destination is the park. But if we want to reach the park, we have to go through there. The rough, the rocket, and the romantic. <laughs> sometimes there's this place and there's this situation that you want to be in. But you cannot say no to the rough, rugged, and the romantic situation that God will put you in. Amen. But always remember, it's not unto death. It's just a through it. You cannot eat three times a day. It's not your destination. It's just gonna go through it. You've been heartbroken many times. It's not your destination. It just has to go through it, but not to it. Financial difficulties, that's not your destination. It just has to go through it because there is no other way. But the question God has for us as he goes, do you believe? Once again, ask the person next to you, do you believe? Do you believe in the presence and the promise of God? Amen? Do you believe in His powerful perspective? Do you believe in His path? Amen? Because you believe, you will see the glory. Amen? Why don't we all be standing in the presence of the Lord in this place?